can correct me on this if I'm wrong, um, but from my recollection, there's another place in Scripture where St. Paul refers to this reading. He says, when we were in Athens, we made very few followers. Therefore, uh, I have been determined to proclaim nothing but Christ and him crucified. Um, And so you can do some homework and be like, Father, you were wrong. He doesn't say that. It's like, okay. Um, But but there's, but there's, the suggestion is, then when they heard about the resurrection, some of them began to scoff, but others said, we should like to hear you on this some other time. But what he tried to do here was come at them from a perspective of this unknown God, and he tried to talk about the creation of the world, and he tried to talk about God in this sort of vague sense, rather than talking about Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Paul eventually does go on to say, I am determined to preach nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the question we might be, well, what, why? Why are you determined to only preach Jesus Christ and him crucified? Because a, a greater, great aspect of our faith is the resurrection as we celebrate this season of Easter. And I think it's this, perhaps there's many other reasons, but one of the reasons is that Paul understood the nature of sacrifice. Because being a, grown up in a Jewish culture, sacrifice is very much part of what they did. To sacrifice to atone for sin, to a sacrifice for the things that I've done wrong. So when we understand the nature of sacrifice and we understand that I cannot do enough to make up for my sins because I'm merely human, so even if I were to pray a thousand rosaries every single day, which I think would be impossible, um, unless you're part of the Irish and then you can pray very quickly, like unless it would be impossible to make up for your sins because you are merely human. So in order to make up for our sin, which we often put upon ourselves and say, I'm the worst, this is the worst, that we are taking ourselves away from the economy of salvation. That is, that God chose to become man in order to sacrifice himself back to God so that he sacrifices himself in himself to the Father so that he can take away the sin of humanity. Our, our, our sin of origin, our original sin. And that it also then begins to free us from all of the other sins, which are just consequential of original sin. So by your baptism, you no longer have original sin. But there's the consequence of original sin, which is concupiscence. This is the, the fall of nature around us that can lead me into other sin. But by the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, he takes away all sin. So when Paul says, I've determined to proclaim nothing but Christ and him crucified, because when he tried to preach to the Athenians, he was like, God, and vaguely, and they were like, "Mm, that's interesting. But he wasn't speaking the gospel per se. He wasn't able to help them connect to the reality of the, the earthly existence that has fallen. And so when we understand the nature of sacrifice, that when, when the Israelites would offer sacrifice day after day, and when Jesus offers himself to the Father in atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world, he frees us from that sinfulness. That is, he gives us a freedom from it. Then I start to understand the nature of the Mass. When I start to understand the nature of the Mass, then it's not just a place where I come and, you know, I get to get together with my friends and we talk and sing and all these things on Sunday, but it's a place where I am at the foot of Calvary 
of Christ and him crucified, receiving from Calvary those graces to set me free. So that when I receive Christ, Jesus Christ, in the Holy Eucharist, it is he upon the cross and resurrected, because he is outside of time, that I'm receiving. But it's the sacrifice that he made that is entering into my body so that I no longer have to sacrifice. Father says I don't have to do penance. I'm not saying that. We still have need for penance. But, but it starts to dissolve within me the notion that I have to be the one to get myself to heaven. Rather than he will dissolve all of those pretensions and, and preconceived notions within me so that I can enter into heaven by his grace. And it's, again, we're taking away this ideology that, oh, I'm just hoping to get to purgatory. I'm hoping I can get enough rosaries in so I can get to purgatory. That's not, that's not our Catholic or Christian belief. The belief is that Jesus Christ sacrificed once for all is enough for us to enter into eternal life. That even if I weren't to receive communion for the rest of my life because I'm whatever situation in my life, he could still save my soul and allow me entrance into the kingdom without need of purgatory because of his sacrifice. Not what I do, but because of what he has done. And When he does it, he does it inside of me as he enters into me in Holy Communion. So it is very profound that we receive Holy Communion. It's very, it's very um, powerful because it's his power working in us, not us doing anything. And it starts to change and starts to flip on its head the whole notion of our American ideology, our American mentality, that it's I who do something. It's not you who do anything. You come and you say, amen, that's it. And then you receive him. And as he enters in, he starts to free us. It's all about the nature of sacrifice. It's all about Christ and him crucified. I can look at the other things that Paul talks about, but it comes down to knowing Jesus Christ, him crucified, and the nature of sacrifice. That God has offered himself back to himself. He's offered his son back to the Father for the forgiveness and the healing of our sins. So Jesus, we ask for the grace to know in the depths of our soul, by the gift of our baptism and confirmation, the nature of sacrifice, the freedom from needing to do it ourselves, and the reception of Holy Communion, that the sacrifice that you offered to the Father would be lived out in us. We pray this in your name. Amen.